Sie hören Sport und Musik. In a world where fans fight over whether to call it football, football, or soccer, two German men defy the odds and call it Fußball. Bringing you inside the German-American Fußball experience. And now, here are your hosts. soccer a lot of soccer man a lot of soccer these was, days. Uh, well not a lot of soccer for me i've been i've, I've successfully moved apartments so i move, do feel move, move, move doesn't move doesn't pass tense yeah we're so, in so the move is done the move is done i mean Excellent. you know we still have some things to unpack and some uh but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's I, I do. How's feel, the new place? Feel much the new place? Oh, it's beautiful. It's very nice. It's big. Yeah. It's kind of it's kind of um, uncommonly big for a New York City apartment. I would never would have thought that. I mean, it's it's uh, yeah, it's very nice. It's good. Pre-war is it pre-war? <laughs> I believe so. Which I'm gonna war say are we if if a, if a New York <laughs> yeah with the man, it's like oh <laughs> any of them any all the apartments are pre-war technically. Uh, <laughs> But now a New York term is just pre-war, and from what I understand, I think that means because before the World War II, I think is what it really means. I think oh, before okay. World War II, apartments were built to be regular sized, and then since then they just build them to be micro units. So if you get an old pre-war apartment, usually that's like, oh, that means I have an average size living room. But if you and get like have, a modern yeah. apartment, it means your living room looks like a hallway, pretty much. You know? Right, right, right. For regular, for it regular. It doesn't pass the toe test where the yeah. toe touches the TV when you're sitting on the couch. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, that this is very much. I mean, this is a, a loft uh, factory building. You know, most people. Nice exposed brick. Exposed brick. Yeah, lots of exposed uh, brick and uh, yeah. water. Exposed everything. I tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> The water heater is exposed. Um, but yeah, most people do this in their younger days. They kind of live right. in this kind of way. And then I guess we're supposed to be at this point in our lives where we move to the suburbs. But no, this is no, you're, you're extra hip. Opposite. Are you guys going to put a giant skateboard ramp in your living room? <laughs> <laughs> like skateboard back, back and forth? No, no. I, had not, I had not considered that, but there could we could do that if we were not exhausted. We could do that. <laughs> I had a guy actually. This is one of my so, first, my my earlier East Village apartments. There was a man who had a a rollerblading track in his apartment in the above, East Village. Yeah, in the East Village. Wow! Oh, that must have been so loud. Yeah, it was very loud. Oh, um, and the irony was that the guy above me had this had this track, and you could hear him like going back and forth on his. I was like, how is this possible? And then <laughs> when we had our when our our son was born. And he would like, 
on a Sunday afternoon, like tap his foot lightly against his high chair. And this woman below us would be like, oh my God, she would knock on our door and be like, knock on your door. It sounds like a herd of elephants in my apartment. <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? You know what this dude upstairs is doing? But anyway, no, it's like, we should switch. We should switch. We should be like, let's I switch, know. Lady. Could be, my, yeah, would you? Right. My experience in East Village is tiny apartments and six-floor walk-ups. That's what it yeah, is. Yeah, that was. And, this was a fourth-floor fourth walk-up. It was pretty yeah. small. I mean, it was luxurious when it was just me. It was a one-bedroom yeah. apartment. You know, it's yeah. like. In five, the East six, Village, third, right? The five, other six, thing about the yeah, that's yeah, that's really was, really cool. The, the other thing about other the East Village showing up, you know, first my yeah, life. your family, your yeah. family, yeah. Well, that sucks. You should get rid of them. Be like, I want my one bedroom back. Uh, no, but like smaller is all I'm saying. I have no complaints, but it's the, a, the thing it's a real estate. The thing with the East Village that makes no sense is the East Village is really expensive now, and it's full of a bunch of who were like kids back in the 80s or whatever like, oh like, yeah uh, it's full of these old warehouses my my cousin's ex-boyfriend like owns a warehouse there that that's essentially just a giant art law for him he's an artist mm-hmm. and now they're all old and crusty and like conservative <laughs> so like the east village for those of you who haven't been is like a part it's like there's lights neon uh, restaurants are open till three in the morning you know like like it's it's a, it's a night out. I love these. I used to love going out in East Village. I used to perform no, in a theater there regularly, blah, blah, blah. But but that's full of complaints. Like the theater I was at, the people upstairs would come down and be like, you're too loud. And it's always like, you're too loud. And everywhere you go, it's like, you're too loud. And it's like, this is the East Village, morons. Yeah, like, this no, is the party part of the city. Don't live true. here. A lot of, a lot of yeah. the people, that's, that is definitely a thing there where a lot of people ate, could sort of got older and then are like, okay, now everybody quiet down, please. <laughs> now that I would enjoy a little more. I mean, East I Village, would, they I, get older. The people who live there got older. You know it seems I mean? like a lot of new people showed up, but a lot of the old people are also still there. I just moved yeah. there. I came to, I came to New York in 1994 and that's, that's where you went when you didn't have any yep. money back then. That yeah, is yeah, not, yeah. It's not the case now, but back then I was like, "Yeah, you go to Alphabet City, right?" And uh, that's that's where. Zum Schneider. I... You ever go to Zum Schneider? Schneider, yeah, that no longer exists. Rest actually. in peace. That's COVID, cool. COVID killed. Zum Schneider was a great German. Was beer it COVID hall. that killed it? I think maybe everybody was uh, just tired. Yeah, perhaps. I, I don't know. I, I, yeah, it was but... recent though. Didn't it shut down like a year ago? Or yeah, I think something like that. But uh, I think he also was just kind of over it, maybe. Schneider, um, Schneider was. Some Schneiders where I watched that legendary uh, quarterfinal match in 2002 between Germany and the U.S. And, uh, uh, you know, I was pretty stressful. And it was very crowded there. And I was like, if this goes well, I'll never make fun of American soccer again. And it did go and, well. And it went pretty well, didn't it? Yeah. yeah. Torsten Frings so- handball. Torsten Frings' handball. U.S. Listen, fans will still talk about that today. I'm not defending it. I'm not saying we should have. We we could have easily lost that game. I'm not. I'm not. The other funny thing that happened that day was that I. I this was an, an all nighter for me because we went to the West Village previously with my friend uh, Mark Faison. We went to Fiddlesticks in the West Village to watch the England Brazil game at 2:30 a.m. So that then great we went, genial free was, kick, I think. Right. This was yeah yeah. This yeah. was, uh, you know, this was in Korea that year. So Korea, right. Japan, it was weird, weird times. So 2.30 a.m. Then we had some breakfast in one of those 24-hour diners. Then we went oh, to right. Schneider for the 7.30 kickoff. And there was a guy, a friend of ours, who just kept everybody drinks. I was very, very, 
drunk and then staggered home at like 9 30 a.m and the you know my puerto rican neighbors on the block were like what's up with this guy and then but then i realized <laughs> as i was going to bed i realized i had a dental i had dental surgery scheduled for later that afternoon so i That's slept nice. for a few hours i slept for a few hours and then then made it to the to this dentist who fortunately was Romanian and he could could still smell the alcohol. That's he was funny. like, "What's going on?" But then I, he was he was also European, so I could explain the situation. Yeah. He was, uh, the was the was World Cup night, World Cup night. But also, if you're if you're gonna get dental surgery, I can't imagine a better pre- preparation than drinking all night and being drunk. Yeah, it's all fine. It was all. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't remember any of it. Yeah, it was good. Come on, eine geht noch, huh? eine geht noch. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Oh my God, there uh, were people because this was, I think this was the first time that Zum Schneider, the place you mentioned, became sort of notorious for, you know, soccer watching and German soccer watching. And this game, and so throughout the World Cup, this had been building. And this game, because it was Germany against the US, was a huge thing. And CNN was there. There was TV. So it was like a, a huge production. And so afterwards, people just went nuts. People were taking their shirts off and standing on tables. Ah. And wild. also, Zum Schneider has like an outdoor element to it. So it's all, they, sometimes they'll broadcast it on a screen and it'll be on the street. Like, it's a cool. I watched some, uh, I think I was there for either a World Cup or Euro Cup or both the last couple times I was there. It was one of my favorite watching spots. I just love any city, really, but in New York, that's where I first experienced this. I just love going to bars and going to watch parties. Like, yeah. back at the, did you ever go to Nevada Smiths back in the day? Sure, yeah, yeah. On Third Ave, yeah. On Third Ave, on 11th, I think. Third and 11th, or Third and 10th. Uh, it's a, it was a, a little soccer bar owned by the Irish mob or something. <laughs> and it was just New York City's like first big soccer bar. And you can go there every morning on Saturday at 7 a.m. and be packed to the brim with people watching soccer. I remember watching the Red Bulls uh, uh, run to the MLS Cup final in 2008 there. We're shoulder to shoulder, packed in that little bar. It yeah. was just so much fun. And that bar shut down and reopened as a totally different bar. So that sort of died and it moved on to other bars. But yeah. just the idea of going to bars and watching with people, it's, it's almost as good as being in a stadium. So, well, the, the, in wanna... the, in the, yeah, it, totally. And New yeah. York City is great for that. During the World yeah. Cup, you can, for every country, you can find. The special yeah. bar, you know, where the where the where the go to the, Queens, especially in Queens. Yeah. You can go to Queens and watch with the Greeks or watch the Argentinians or whoever you want to watch yeah, with. Very much so. and, and also, New York is just a city of bars. There's like ten bars. There's like five bars in every block. So you just walk past the bar and you hear yeah, and it quiets down the next bar yeah, yeah and so forth. No, it's like I a think- it's like a mall. It's like a shopping mall of watch parties. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah, it's cool. It's really cool. I'm. I guess I'm in the market for a new place because the. Some Schneider became very, very popular, and then you had to like make right. reservations, and that right. became too much. So I switched to Lorelei for a while, the other sure. German place on uh, wherever that is, also Lower East Side. Yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah. Uh, and then, but now the last for the last World Cup and the last Euro, I went to the Black Forest Cafe because it was so right. close to my house, and they have a big screen. Unfortunately, it's is that the one on? That's one on Lafayette, right? That's one on Lafayette, I think. I used to go. Um, I think there might be a couple. No, this one's on. There's two locations. This one is. is, uh, uh, Yeah, the one I'm talking about is in Brooklyn, right by the Barclays Center. That's what I'm talking about. This might be a different one. The one I'm, the what I'm talking about was literally a block away from my house that I just moved out of on Smith Street. Oh. Smith between oh, okay. Smith Warren. You know, what? I think they do have two locations, and I would go to yeah, the one no, at the Barclays Center. Yeah. But anyway, 
I like that place, except the memories are horrendous because it's the last World Cup and the last Euro did not go all that no. well. And so no. uh, I have kind of poor, I have I have sort of bad associations. So I'm going to, I don't know, I'll have to find. You find go. Well, out, you're in Greenport now. I think in Williamsburg, the big bar was Woodworks or Waxworks or something like yeah, that. Yeah, they also don't exist anymore. Yeah, oh, they really? Make it either, yeah. Mm. There's banter I, in Williamsburg. Which is a cool, um, band. yeah, that's a cool okay. soccer bar. Like, that's also an NYCFC bar. I go there sometimes to watch NYCFC away games. My- that's the side of the where I won a prize for knowing that uh, Tommy McNamara's favorite animal is a penguin. Oh, wow. That's very, very cool. Um, what an easy, that's a beautiful animal. Just remember, I watched the Batman the other day featuring the penguin. But we oh, have I haven't seen that. it yet. I would like to, I would like to see it. Very big, very intense, very good movie. Uh, speaking of players, you know, and like obscure players, I watched, I watched Ishmael to Jory Trotty last oh, night. Oh yes, Izzy. Play for a few minutes. I, oh, Izzy, yeah, yeah. I I was with a couple friends of mine who who haven't really been to a soccer game before. And I just told them that soccer is this cool sport full of a lot of the coolest names you can think of. And this guy's name is Izzy Tajori Shradi, which is one of the great names. Grew up in Austria, which, of course, you could you would know immediately when you hear that name. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, right. But like, um, you know, like when MLS started, when the the Columbus Crew's first star was a guy named Doctor Kumalu, and that's just that was just his name. A doctor is like an African name. He wasn't a doctor. I don't think he didn't have a PhD or an MD or anything like that. Yeah, his, his name his name was just Doctor, <laughs> so it's like Doctor Kubalu. The Doctor is in, yeah, you know. Um, but but beautiful times. I'm glad you moved in. Uh, I was about to say my my go to pub was always the Black Horse Pub in Park Slope. On oh, Fifth which Island. I also very much yeah, enjoyed, yeah. especially in my previous. I was there. I went there a lot uh, with my English friend Ashley. He then moved upstate, and then kind of we stopped stop going but yeah i love that Fizzles, place as well yeah. yeah yeah it's owned by a tottenham fan who's also a huge clash fan so that's a right, giant, that's right. there's a giant shrine to the clash on the wall it's a cool it's a cool pub i used to go there not a huge uh, not a huge mls fan i tried a couple of times no, to make no. that a destination yeah, yeah. to watch nycfc games he no. wasn't all that interested like if there was really nothing else going on he would tolerate right. it to, well, that's 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 you know that's the plight of an MLS fan, you know. I, I, I can't tell you how many bars I've been to where I have to find a TV in the corner, tell them what channel it's oh, on, help yeah. them find the channel, and just watch it mute by myself. I can't tell you how many times. Oh, or uh, like or, any MLS fan, we've all done that. That's that's part of that's part of our upstate, creed. You know, in upstate New yeah. York, it's like it's like you ask yeah. somebody to put a soccer game on, they look at you like if because oh, yeah. if you as, asked to have sex with his daughter or something like, <laughs> yeah people get i'd rather upset. ask that i'd rather ask that but still <laughs> the, the mls game is on so we had a lot of mls game i went to the lafc vancouver game last night i went to the game at the bank Fantastic. it's always a fun time at the bank i've been uh, to the bank we went to the bank. This this was a little bit more full the last time we went though. This oh, was this sure. was almost full out. Will Farrell was there. Owen Wilson was there. Cypress wow. Hill was there. It's always a Hollywood party at the bank. Um, and then they did this bit. So they did a comedy bit in the middle of the game, where on the screen it goes to Paul. Now Paul is a groundskeeper at Bank of California Stadium. He's like a okay. he's like the head groundskeeper. He must be a figure there because everyone's like Paul. And then Paul showed his shirt. He unbuttoned his shirt, and underneath on his shirt, it had a picture of remember the Barack Obama Hope 
thing where it was like yep. faded in color. Essentially, sure. it's like that, but it, but it said Will. It was Will Ferrell's face and it said Will. <laughs> and then it cut to Will Ferrell in the owner's box. And then Will Ferrell unbuttoned his shirt and had the same design shirt, but it said Paul. It had the picture oh, of the of the of the field man of the of the of the, of the, of the uh, groundsman. Uh, and then and then everyone just laughed. And they were laughing. It kept cutting back and forth to them just showing their shirts at each other. It's like a comedy bit really? happening in the middle of the game. I'm like, that's the Will Ferrell energy you want in LAFC game. That sounds great. Yeah. But overall, it was a lot of fun. Um, LAFC had a really dominant. Uh, 3-1 win over the um, Vancouver Whitecaps, which unfortunately not have much to offer. LFC held the ball. They moved the ball well. And Carlos Vela, goal, what a great yeah. goal. He had a great second goal. with He curved himself in real control, real quality. He assisted the first goal. Ryan Hollingshead had a brace. He scored the other two goals. So Ryan Hollingshead had a great, great game. Um, and overall, Kellen Acosta was solid. Um, and Kellen Acosta played as a right back during the game, which is oh, interesting because wow. okay. he's usually he's a number six. Uh, and uh, overall, a really great game from LAFC and a fun night out at the bank. Um, other than that, yeah. Uh, other than that, uh, I, I, the New York Red Bulls played earlier that day and Tom Barlow scored a Giassi's artist-like goal where it bounced, <laughs> bounced, bounced like a pinball in the box and then it fell, and then it hit his hip and bounced in. And Tom Barlow's like, yeah, default, default. <laughs> He's like, default. I'll claim that goal because it hit on me last. Jesse Zardes had a had a, a legendary Jesse Zardes miss in that game. I, did you see that? Where he? Really, I, 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 I missed it. I missed it. I only saw the second really half of that game, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. But I'm not surprised. I'm surprised. But but then but then the Columbus crew got a last last minute equalizer from Zella Ryan. I think and it broke our hearts. So well, the Red really Bulls nice. game, all the Red Bulls goal was not that was pretty late too, right? So it was kind of a, yeah, kind of late, yeah. A couple wacky last minute last minute things, but a, t- a point a point we'll take it. You know, yeah. now the New York Red Bulls are still this great enigma. What I will say is they held the ball well, they moved the ball well. Like the Red Bulls are playing pretty good. I'm not, you know, we're never outclassed. Um, we usually know what we're doing. It's just that final third. We have uh, two new players we're integrating with Lucinias and Ashley Fletcher. So we'll see. We'll see how they integrate, and we'll see if that can affect. We'll see if Tom Barlow truly is, or even Patrick Klimala, if, if they can figure it out somehow. You know, I think they're getting there. They're getting there. Um, and uh, Charlotte got a win. That's right, a confident win over the big. The if we have to boil down the big topics in MLS this weekend. I think the biggest one is the revs collapse, right? That's probably that's probably. Well, I think it's I think it's more it's more you know CCL CCL hangovers. I think that was the same. What did I say? What did I say last week about CCL? I said it doesn't matter that you're three nil up. You go down to Mexico and they'll turn that around. Yeah. Oh I've seen it happen before, and we saw it happen again. I don't know what New England. Huge shock. Huge Such choke. a frustrating game. Such a frustrating it's game. Very frustrating. They're just sitting there letting them score on them, going to penalties. I'm like, well, that's the end of that. And then Sebastian Legette, Ooh. number well, U.S. number but 10. But even more, even more upsettingly, not West Nyack's finest, NYCFC legend Tommy McNamara. I mentioned him yeah. earlier. Like Poor Shanks. penalty kick. Poor penalty. Very upsetting to watch. I was, so, I was excited he... I mean, I will always be rooting 
for Tommy McNamara, no matter where he goes. And uh, I was excited that, you know, excited he played the full played the full game. I'm excited that he is a starter in New England, a good team. And uh, I was happy that he took the pet, but and yeah, unfortunately did not, did not, yeah. And then Leggett just really horrible. Dritten stock, dritten stock, <laughs> third floor, third floor. Whenever people sky it, it's always dritten stock, third floor. And- yeah. And you could see, you could read Bruce Arena's lips afterwards. He was like, what I know, he said, that? what was I that? Think, I think he had a little more. I think he said, what he the said, F what, was he that? He said, what the fuck or, was that? Yeah, or what the hell was that? People were like. saying, I could only, I could only, I only saw what was that. But maybe. We need to yeah, make that a gif. We need to make that a gif. <laughs> we need to say that gif. <laughs> oh, it's out there on no. Twitter. People no, 100%. Yeah, no. And I mean, the, the CCL hangover is real. New England collapsed and then got their asses kicked by Charlotte. Same with NYCFC. We kind of, kind of lacklusterly fell to the Philadelphia Union, and uh, it was the same kind of thing. We didn't even didn't even play that poorly. I was I definitely my expectations were well managed when I arrived. I was like this could go very badly after this road trip, and I mean the team has played eight games in about a month, and they've traveled over over many continents they've traveled to california and guatemala and costa rica they've had three different home openers in los angeles and hartford and in new york city i mean at some they're about to go to red bull arena for the next ccl game which i don't think they played at yet so they're they're like the harlem globetrotters they're a traveling circus of players going around they were gas. They were gas, yeah. and the wheels came off. And and Philly. But you're through. You're you're part of the All MLS semifinal, so so there That's is right. a path to the final for you against the Seattle Sounders. Yeah. Um. It'll be good to have at least one MLS. So it'll be good that we'll we'll at least be there till the end, whatever the end is. Um. So so the MLS teams aren't out. I believe Bruce Arena even predicted that all four MLS teams would make the semis. Uh, yeah. Bad prediction. Bad omen. And the, and the late uh, the late equalizer for Leon against Seattle means that NYCFC actually gets to host the second game if they. Well, that's good. They yeah, but where? Not, <laughs> at Red Bull Arena. At Red Bull Arena. Yeah, <laughs> they get to host fine. it at their at their enemy's den, the the the, the hornet's nest. Listen, Jersey, New Jersey. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's fine. You're coming to New Jersey. People get upset. It's a nice stadium. That's a beautiful stadium. It's, it's much a, closer than Hartford. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a soccer stadium. It's yeah, both for soccer. It's, an it's got soccer a good... stadium. It's got blue seats. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Dark, I am not. I am red bull I am, blue seats. I'm yeah. not upset. I'm not upset mm-hmm. to play there. No, that's good. That's good. I'm assuming you'll be at that game, perhaps. If you'll try. Oh, I don't know. Is, is it a Wednesday yes. night? Yeah, very much so. Oh, yeah, I will. Very be. Cool. So other MLS stuff is, um, unfortunately, Philly knocked off NYCFC this weekend. Did you catch that game or at least the highlights? Um, Uh, Yeah, I was there. I just said. Oh, 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 it was the home game. Gotcha. (laughs) I thought, sorry, I I thought this was a road game. A home game. Gotcha. No, no. no, uh, Yeah, no, I was there. It was a very pleasant, I enjoyed I enjoyed it. It was very pleasant weather at Yankee Stadium. I'm, yeah. uh, I was hanging out. I, definitely the a respite from this whole moving business. It was nice to be out, but yeah, the game did not go well. And uh, although, again, even even in this defeat, the, the team just 
continues to play pretty well and i'm very i'm i'm still pretty bullish on this on this group this year i think it's yeah th- th- those are my thoughts of the red bulls too it's like you know it is one thing of losing if you lose but you still had a pretty good confident game plan that's one thing well, but if you're losing and you have nothing to offer that's a whole another thing yeah. like the cincinnati say it again the red bulls are always amazing i mean that goes without saying yeah, and NYCFC as well. They know what they're doing. They have a plan. They've got firepower. They just signed that new player to probably replace Tati Castellanos over the summer, I guess is the assumption, right? So they have to integrate him into the team. Wait, what? Uh, Who? Oh, Pereira. Just, what's Gabriel, his name? They just, Gabriel, Gabriel Pereira. They signed a Brazilian youngster. Yeah, I think, he's a wing. I think he's a winger. I don't think he's a no. he's a Tati replacement. Oh, but yeah, okay. another, another Brazilian. We, we get all the Brazilian power. Yeah. We get all the Brazilian wingers. When Castellanos leaves over the summer, let's say, who's going to be the new number nine? Well, I think, I mean, Haber is is one. Although it has to be said, but he's thirty five, isn't he? Isn't he like he's, he's more of an off the bench? He's, he's thirty. He's oh, coming off. Okay. Of, oh, I thought he was oh, older than he was. No, he's thirty years old, but he's coming off oh. a pretty big knee injury, and it has to be said, he has not done much since then. Right. Um, I he he played. He got a lot of time. Uh, this weekend, and I, I was saying, if if we lose this game and Haber scores a goal, I will consider it a success. But he did not, and so he's the the number nine of old. He, you know, I mean, twenty nineteen, he was among the best number nines in the league. You know, for the world, the I'm the league, right? Yeah, not the world. Uh, you know, we don't. Need to... This is. I'm not. I'm not being hyperbolic. That's a legit. Uh, that is a legit statement. He was very, very good. No, no, he was. I remember. Now he's. Uh, now you know he's coming off this injury. He's 30, and we'll see. Uh, I think Talis Magno is the next candidate. If if Haber is not going to be it, I think Talis is the most of the young of the young attackers is the most sort of goal focused and centrally uh, inclined. Maybe so. I think it'd be him probably absolutely uh we'll wish him all the best luck in the world as he gets older and matures into a man of a player <laughs> <laughs> cincinnati beat inter miami three to one good for cincy bad for inter miami i think cincy the wooden spoon boys found a new team they could beat up on and that team's inter miami i think cincinnati uh, might be a little better this year it looks like yeah they've already picked up a couple w's i think right uh, good for them. Uh, Chicago Frankie, got a good Frankie win. Amaya. Frankie, is it? It's Frankie Amaya, right? It's the yeah, but he's with the New York Red Bulls. No, he's, Wait, he's with the New York Red Bulls. Who am I? Who am I thinking of then? Please I, keep talking. Uh, no, oh, I don't know. Um, oh, uh, I'm talking about Brandon Brennan Vasquez. Well, he got a he got a brace over there, and Ronald, your your buddy Ronald Matarita also scored. Um, former yeah. NYCFC player, if my memory serves. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, okay, and then we had the Chicago beating Sporting KC with um, what's his face um, Sheridan Shakiri getting his first goal off a penalty yeah. for the team. So there's something to start with. Uh, Charlotte getting that three-one win, good for them. That's a it was a confident W. Two goals from Karol Swardowski, their Polish DP up top. Good for him to finally score. Uh, Atlanta Montreal got three to three. Atlanta's interesting. They haven't been winning yet. They sort just been tying uh, a little bit. Uh, I mean, yeah. they beat Charlotte last week, but I think I think that's that's about it. Uh, Nashville, someone brought this to my attention. Dax McCarty, my old buddy Dax McCarty, came off the bench and had a pretty crazy. He started with a yellow card right away. 
And a few minutes later, got a really big, bad straight red card. Like he's, he's now, he was never like that, but I think he's slowly in his older age because I think he's thirty five. I think he's becoming more of an enforcer. <laughs> like when you get older, you get a little rougher. I think to, to keep up. Well, that's similarly so. Dom Dwyer did the same, right? He came in and got red card three minutes later. Oh, did he? Yeah. For Orlando. For that to, um, Atlanta, he right? For? He's in he's in oh, Atlanta now. Oh, gotcha. Oh, that's right. They picked him up over the summer. Yeah, Dom Dwyer, sixty seventh minute, got a red card. Yeah, it's like, hey, listen, if I I got to be part of this game somehow. If I can't score or assist or something, I need to be on that. I need to be on that game report somehow. So I'm just gonna. It was pick like uh, those, it was like Josie Altador. Josie Altador came off the bench in the in the CCL game, and then within two minutes yeah. got a yellow card for laughing for laughing at the referee. At the ref. <laughs> Josie's still getting into his form again. It's the same legit. And then give it up for Dallas. Dallas a confident four one win over Portland. Um Dallas are doing doing pretty okay. Um, are looking good. And they need help because, you know, um it's a hat trick from Jesus Ferreira. And a goal from Paul Ariola, and in Perfect. ten minutes, and in ten minutes too, right? Ten yeah. minutes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Twenty six, thirty, thirty six. Just what? Just the confidence we need from our U.S. boys heading in to the final World Cup qualification break. Perhaps, unless a playoff is afoot. Is but we're entering. Well, unless do you have any other MLS things you're dying no, to please, mention? Please go for it. This is so we I got mean, USA. We got Hazel Ferrer on a hat trick. This is the angst. Uh, the angst. I mean, right? The angst. angst the angst. angst yeah. The angst. Put, the angst is. Angst. is uh, so big. that's something I've always been curious about. Angst is a word that people use in English all the time, and it's a German word, angst. And yeah. and, and and they don't mean the same thing. They have two they different definitions. It's true. Angst means how do we like angst? Just means I'm afraid. It can, In Germany, angst, angst I'm afraid is just of something. Fear. Yeah, it's just the word I'm, of I'm fear. I'm afraid of something. Yeah. Angst means it's kind of fear based. Angst means there's a loadedness. It means there's some sort of um, what does it mean? It means there's some sort of uh, uh, added um, pressure more, or some sort of uh, reputation or stigma. Maybe it's more, stigma. It's more, no. it's more dread, right? It's a more sort of a philosophical dread. Yeah, I guess that makes more sense. Philosophical drugs away, but so so angst means there's a real there's a real angst about this philosophical drug. Because I was hoping to qualify by now, but it's okay. We still have three games. It's not the end of the world if we lose in Mexico, which is likely. I mean, I mean, we beat them three times in a row. We're not going to beat them four times in a row. If we do, that'd be amazing. But if we don't, then it, it, yeah. you know, it's that means the miracle didn't happen. Uh, we have to win at home against Panama. That's the one we got our eyes. That's on. That's the big yeah. one. That's so, the big one in Orlando. Okay. This is this has been the this has been the 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 buzz on Twitter. So, what is your take? How much? How how much rotation do you play? Do you start anybody in Mexico? What, yeah. What's, what should Greg do? What should Greg do? WWGD. <laughs> what what would Greg? <laughs> what, oh, WSGD. What should yeah. Greg do? I think I think he should play a half B team against Mexico. Now, what I mean by that is, a we lost Serginho Dest, and just yesterday we lost Brendan Aronson. Yeah, Brendan Aronson was big uh, loss. Brendan Aronson yeah. was was it was kind of there was a mystery a little bit today. At some point they said, oh, he was going to be yeah. out. Then it was like, oh, no, 
But Twelman broke the news, and Twelman's usually pretty on, on point with with news like that. So Twelman's out. It's just a terrible luck because it happened, I think, in warmups on the last Salzburg game. It's like, oh man, you really? I mean, anyway. So so we're without a couple key players. So against Mexico, I would play. I would play a, probably a regular back line. I'd play, you know, Zach Steffen or whoever. Um, but as far as our midfield goes, I would put Kellen Acosta in there, not Tyler Adams, because Kellen Acosta loves playing against Mexico. Uh, and I'd probably put maybe a Gianluca Buzio, maybe a Luca De La Torre in there. Um, and then I would put uh, maybe Musa as well, but not both. I'd just try to put one or the other. I'm fine with it being a Kellen Acosta, Gianluca Buzio midfield pairing, and then a Eunice Musa or something. And then up top, yeah, I, I would put um, a Ricardo Pepe in there because Ricardo Pepe, you know, he's Mexican-American. He's got a real connection to Mexico. I'd love to see him play against Mexican defenders. Uh, but then when it comes to the game on Panama, I want to play I want to play the prime. I want to play Jordan Pifak. Uh, or Jesus Ferreira with Jordan Pifak coming off the bench. I want to play Pulisic and Reyna as the wingers. And then I want to I want to play Yunus Musa, Tyler Adams, and Luca De La Torre in the midfield for Panama. And then in the back line, I want, I want uh, uh, DeAndre Edlin, and I want um, uh, Anthony Robinson, and I want uh, Walker Zimmerman, and uh, the other center back would be someone else. Maybe Aaron Long? Probably not Aaron Long. Uh, maybe... Maybe Miles Robinson, probably, and probably Zach Steffen in goal. Like, like my, my, my thoughts are have your tippy-top best team in Orlando for game two. Have a pretty dang, like an 8 out of 11 player team for Mexico. Save a couple players for Orlando. But that would so, be my two cents. Okay. And then Costa Rica well, on the road, just play, just just do a day of call. See who's fit, who's ready to go, and then play those It games. seems like people have a hard time recovering after playing in the Azteca at altitude. So you think you would start eight regulars in that game? I, I wouldn't start. Well, what did I just say? The, maybe less. Like like the front line wouldn't be. I mean, I'm trying to think. I put Ricardo Pepe up top. Yeah, and then the front line. I put. You know what? I I would. I also start a B front line. I put Ricardo Pepe, Paul Ariola, and maybe Tim Wea or or Giovanni Reina or, or someone up top on the Azteca. Uh, uh, and then have a Pulisic come off the bench if he needs to. Have a. a, a Arena come off the bat, you know, uh, uh, whichever the tip. So I, I, I would have the I would have the front three be be uh, rotated and have the midfield three be semi rotated, maybe a two out of three or a one out of three, uh, and then the back line. I mean, yeah, I guess you could play Reggie Cannon, uh, but it, Greg has never done that. I don't think like he usually plays a pretty pretty like usually plays his seven or eight regulars no matter what. I mean, he doesn't change too much with that. So I would predict. That's what I would do. So it's not eight. Maybe eight was aggressive. What is that? That's uh, six. I'd play like six regulars, not eight. Um, but yeah, it's Mexico. It's Azteca. It's a big game. You can't throw it. You got to play well, it. Well, but the math is the math is if the if if the U.S. beat Panama at home, at least they get a playoff. That's guaranteed. And the playoff also, it has to be said, this year, this time around is the Oceania. Yeah, it's against New Zealand. Team. Yeah, so, so it's so. against New Zealand, which, you know, no offense to New Zealand. New Zealand. Yeah. It seems like that would be winnable. So that really is the game they they must win. And the Mexico, whatever they get in Mexico. Real quick. Yes. Real quick sidebar. 
Um, yes, you're right. Like that is the game that was win. However, they, we're expecting. I mean, US, we need more. I'm expecting more than three points. I'm expecting five or six points from the point. window. Mm-hmm. Yeah, from yeah. the window. Um, the the seven or nine would be great, but I'm expecting five or six, and I'm expecting at least third place. I, I don't think a playoff spot is acceptable with our with the level of our program and the players we have. That would be unacceptable, in my opinion, for a team like Panama or Costa Rica to finish so, ahead of us. Okay, so then so. what are you gonna what are you gonna do? Like I said, we're gonna go. We're gonna play. <laughs> no, and we're gonna win. We're gonna get a point, like- Mexico. We're gonna get a point, Mexico. We're gonna get we're gonna get a win at home, and then we're gonna get a, a point or a win in Costa Rica. So that's five. No, I'm just I'm challenging. I'm challenging this. this or we idea. lose at Azteca, which is very likely, and then we win against uh, Panama and Costa Rica. So, um, or or on the very worst, we tie in Costa Rica, lose in Mexico, win at home against Panama, and then there you go. It's four points, okay. but four points will do it. Will probably be just enough for us to get third or second spot. Yeah, um, probably. I mean, everything I, has to. Yeah, the math. You know, you could come up with all sorts of scenarios where things. But yeah, like four, four, four points is probably good enough. And if if you beat Panama, then you're definitely definitely in the in the playoff. I'm just kind of I'm always curious yeah. about this this like you know you see a lot of this on Twitter also where people are like oh this is this is what we this is unacceptable what does that mean if it's unacceptable what are you gonna do you're not gonna you're not gonna be a F- fan fire the coach burn you're down gonna... no no you are gonna be a fan but like I mean that's a whole can of worms you're opening essentially <laughs> right, Tom says Tom oh, if we get more than five points I will be stunned. Yeah, I think five points is because it's a it's a home win and it's two road draws. That will be a, an expect that will be a respectable think, performance. Again, I, think, I want more because I want more from our program. But but the, the the can of worms are opening. First, before we go into that, I want to go to what I was saying. This is trivia okay. time from your nerdy friend Stefan. It's a trivia time, Bjorn. Beep boop beep boop. I, beep. I, I never I'm do bring well. my drops. I, I no. usually do not do well with these. <laughs> what is what is. The only undefeated team from the 2010 World Cup. There's only one team in the entire tournament that was undefeated. What team was that? In 2010? The 2010 World Cup. You got nothing? Do you remember who won the tournament? Tom, you're also playing. Drop us a line. <laughs> Do you remember? No Googling, though, Tom. Do you remember who won that tournament, Bjorn? 2010 in, uh, in 2010 in, sure in, in, in south africa in south africa it was it was spain beating holland to yes. one in the final with i think or two nothing or no one nothing with a lot with the last minute um goal from um what's his face that world-class player um who went to japan later uh his name is his name is his name has escaped me at the moment but he um and then uh but Spain opened that tournament losing against Ottmar Hitzfeld and the Schweiz oh and the, the Swiss okay the Schweizer the Schweizer uh, yeah, won Germany, one to nothing Germany lost to Germany to Spain lost in the semis uh Germany lost to Spain, to Spain in the semis. yeah in and Spain. the Dutch and the Dutch almost pulled it out because they uh kind of in the final acknowledged that they were not as good as Spain and that they were going to be dirty and and they almost won. Are, are Nigel de Jong got aggressive red card. So the answer, and the reason I bring it up because it's very apropos to what we're talking about, the only undefeated team in the 2010 World Cup was New Zealand. They are undefeated in that tournament. What? Oh, That's right. 
their opening group game were three ties. <laughs> they got three points, which was not enough for them to advance. They were eliminated, but they got three ties in the opening game. I want to say Ryan, the great Ryan Nelson, one of MLS's greatest earlier players from the early aughts, who later went to play in England and later was a short-lived coach at Toronto. Ryan Nelson, who's a, who's a Kiwi, um, he, I believe, was a player, if not captain, of that squad. Uh, there were squads. There were players in that squad who weren't even active professionals. Like they were out of contract for over twelve months. Um, a lot of MLS players on that squad. Uh, it was a, it was a fun time. It was fun to watch the the all whites, the New Zealand national team play. But I want to say they were even in that group with Switzerland and Spain. I think I think it was a lot of one ones and zero zeros, and they got three points for limit. So 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 little respect to our buddies, our, our Kiwis uh, down on the other side of the, right, of the ocean. Right. Little respect. I think there was a VFL Bochum player on that team, if I'm not mistaken. That could very well be correct. There was a VFL um, Bochum player on the North Korean team in that tournament as well. <laughs> if you remember, so that's where Bochum gets them. Uh, so Tom says, yes, I want more as well. We should have dominated the octagon with the talent we have, but we are undercoached. I agree with that sentiment, except I would say I think we're overcoached. Maybe we're a little overcoached. So I want to just adjust a little bit. And the reason I would say that is because I think what's going on and Bruce Arena has alluded to this, is that Greg Berhalter is coaching the national team like a club. So he's got a real style and a philosophy and player profiles and blah, 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 which is why he calls up his favorites because uh, they understand his style. But my criticism would be like the style isn't really catching. It's it's working half as be at best. And it's clear that when they're playing, they're trying to solve rocket science. You know what I mean? Where, 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 where may maybe, maybe these boys ain't, PhDs, maybe we need just a simple man manager, you know. Um, so that, so that's why I say overcoached. Um, uh, I redacted, agree with you. Thank you, Tom. Tom, Tom agrees. You are with a me. number one fan, yeah. Uh, and like you know, but but then again, may, may, maybe maybe the way Greg coaches it would work. You just need more time. I I don't know. It's 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 hard to it's sort of hard to dissect what's going on. Like we're well, can, we're we're having results. Can both um, of these can both of these things be true? I mean, I think I think it's. You know, I'm, I'm, how would I describe myself? I'm simultaneously pro Greg, but I'm also, I mean, I, under, I also relate to all the criticism. I think that is, um, uh, I think that is the knock on him that he, right. you know, has this, this, this sort of, he's a system guy, which is very hard to do on the national team. And I think that's a legit criticism, but I think also, you know he's a, he's accomplished a lot like the team has had really good results they've they've shown up yeah. and also on in the scheme of things i'm always i would always sort of caution that it's very difficult to to make that transition from the kind of underdog mentality of like oh we're just going to defend 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 and then hope to to score on a on a set piece or whatever on a header to right. like oh we're going to be a possessing team we're going to be a playing uh, uh, that is just not something that happens that quickly. So, I yeah. think they, 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 I, I they've been—they've been trying to. Sorry, you keep going. Yeah. No, I was just going. I—I would—I would give uh, Greg a little more credit than the average U.S. Women's National Team fan. Although I do also relate to this criticism. I think you know this time around. I think why? Why no Joe Scally? Why no John Brooks? I don't know. These things. These are. If this exactly. goes sideways, you could certainly. You could certainly uh, find find reasons as to what he, he finally could. brought in Jordan Pifa. That's it. his selections aren't perfect, but they're pretty dang okay. 
okay. Like, like, like usually when it's like, how come he hasn't called in Jordan Pifa? Eventually he calls him in. The John Brooks is an exception. And again, something happened. I think John Brooks just isn't a fan of his playing style. I think what happened is John Brooks just isn't crazy about what's going on, but the playing style, and he just doesn't want to do it or something. So he just doesn't do it. Well, and I he think said Greg he, isn't calling him in. Yeah. Because of I that. mean, I think Greg, I think Greg said in the, in his press conference, sort of along those lines, like, you know, yeah. he's not, he has some weaknesses in the system. He doesn't quite. Yeah. That's corporate speak. Mark yeah, I McKenzie I doesn't have the same. Mark McKenzie doesn't play. Aaron Long hasn't played a, a World Cup qualifier in the history of his life. Did you know that? Um, but he's in. And or Aaron Long was off an injury. And I love Aaron Long, don't get me wrong. But but it's like John when John Brooks is in form, I mean I mean Volspoyard not doing well, but I was in form. I think I think it's an attitude thing. I think he just didn't want I, 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 and we could speak to this a little bit. There's a big clash between German behavior and American behavior. American behavior is all about like we can do it and let's believe let's be an extra ten percent and blah blah blah. And German behavior is raw pragmatism, negativity. It's like that numbers don't add up, so this won't work. That's the German mentality. A German person will look right at your face and be like, "This isn't going to work because X, Y, and Z." They have no hope. They have they don't round up like Americans do. Would you all agree right. or disagree with that sentiment? Uh, yeah, I think I think yeah, yes. I so so for for well, a guy think, like John Brooks we, in the locker room, it's just a totally different way of communicating, you know, to people that maybe Greg doesn't want. I don't know. That would be that would be me defending yeah, him a little I think bit. That, that might be that might be true. Yeah. Um, I would also my other sort of devil's advocate, uh, and I guess I know this. You know, Tom saying we have we should have dominated the octagon with the talent we have. Okay, look at this roster though. We're missing. McKinney is gone. McKinney is hurt. Sergio Dest. Oh, don't get me started. Well, that's heartbreaking. Brendan Aronson. These are like these are big, big losses. But now yeah. look at the midfield. Who is there? Tyler Adams hasn't played much for Leipzig. No. So he has very has, has gotten very little. Luca De La Torre is in the Gianluca Buzio. Venezia is getting relegated. He's not really done all that done all that well. I mean, it's like. There's a lot of talent. There's there's a lot of potential. There's a lot of kids that are in Europe, and but these guys are also very young. They're yeah. all very, you know, this is not. Yeah. There's talent, but I think to just expect this team to kind of go wherever they're going and blow everybody away, I think it's 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 a little it's a little unrealistic. I think this sort of. No, I, I I agree with you a lot because this team is full of a lot of potential. I agree because yeah. even like a, like Christian Pulisic is a more senior developed player. He's only twenty three or twenty two right. even, and and his season's always been up and down. His season's always been up and down. However, my counter to that is this: right. so we got Greg Berhalter, coach in Europe. He was fired for being too defensive. Coach in MLS. He's an ex. He's like a mod. He's trying to be a little mini Pep. He's like a modern whatever, uh, and then. Look, look who dominated North America. Look who did dominate the octagon. Canada. Who's their coach? John Herdman. Some obscure journeyman coach who they found uh, who was the coach of the women's team and just moved to the men's team. You know, probably doesn't get paid that much. The Canadian Soccer Association is a much smaller oh. organization than the U.S. Soccer Federation. And, and, and he's he's doing the exact opposite of overcoaching. I think he's just a raw man manager. I think he just has his players together and, he, and, and they have a healthy locker room, and he's just putting them where they play. He's not doing anything fancy with them, and they are crushing. The Canadians well, are dominant. Okay. 
And the Can- it, Can- Canada's also full of young players and stuff. I, I mean, listen. Kyle Laren ain't Kyle Laren. I think was the highest goal scorer in the qualifier. He's not. Is he? Is he more talented than Giassi's artists? Maybe a little bit, but not oh, that much. Oh, uh, yes. The answer. Oh, is really? Unequivocally, yes. What do you yeah. mean unequivocally? He played in Turkey. We didn't score. They played. They plays for a small team in Belgium or something. He's not. He's not a world class superstar. Kyle Aaron is a knipser. <laughs> in a way that well, just is not. And listen, I am a Jesse's artist apologist, but uh, no, Calair. <laughs> I think the Canadian situation is different. They have been terrible for so so many years. Expectations right. are low, and they are riding a wave. I think that's a whole other. I mean, just sort of psychologically, it's a very very different kind of setup. And give it like three four years, and they're going to also complain about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and how, how he does there was a Timbers Tom says there was a Timbers player who said the system's very difficult I do remember a quote like oh, that I think even um, Eric Williamson or was it Eric Williamson I, I believe that's correct and I th- didn't Jordan Pifak say something like that too I think Jordan Pifak was asked about it. he said something like that he said it's like training was very like mental like it was like a, a mental gymnastics kind of uh, and he had a lot of respect for it though he, did, he didn't poo poo it he just it was just interesting I mean you can sort of hear that um, Eric Williamson, by the way, had a great year last year. It's a shame he had that injury. Yeah, yeah, I thought yeah. he had a lot of potential, but he sort of yeah. went off the wayside. That, like, sort of, I guess um, James Sands moved ahead of him in the depth chart. Hey, that's uh, what do you think about the guy from Ryan and Calden? He hasn't yeah, earned it was, with his performances. I was, I, was, uh, I was a little surprised, <laughs> but I think maybe he is going to be. You know, he might be the 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 six, and he might just be there to play the six and Seca so that Tyler Adams doesn't have to. And he can be well. I, I would play Kellen Acosta over James Sands in the six. But Kellen Acosta needs to play against Panama as well. He's no, not he doesn't. Good what does he need to play against Panama? He can sit on the bench against Panama. Who's because the, our Emma? Uh, are we, oh, Luca. Who's, who's, who's your number one midfield? Luca De La Torre. Yunus Luca Musa. De La Torre in the most yeah. important game of your entire yeah. in, mm-hmm. of your entire qualifying. He earned it. He earned it. He, he earned, earned it, it one, with how in he one played game, in one one performance against. What, I think it was more than one performance. Wasn't it a couple performances? But he's been on point. Luca De La Torre is the starter, I think, okay. in, um, against Panama. I would. I would, I would pick. I would pick Kellen Acosta over. All right. Listen. Well, well, they well. I mean, I, Kellen Acosta is more experienced, but he's a little bit more up and down. But they play. Luca De La Torre takes the ball up the field. And done it very consistently. Raquel Acosta has been pretty hit or miss I, with that. I completely agree. I loved seeing yeah. him and everybody. It's like, but this is, this is the biggest. This is the biggest game he's played. You know, at home. What were the games at home against Costa Rica or like what? What was it? El Salvador. Like, Kellen Acosta. Delatore did not. You know, yeah, I don't. I don't exa- exactly remember. I think it was the Honduras. Maybe I don't. Exa- I think it was the yeah. cold. It might have been the Frost Bowl against Honduras. I would want to see but, if I was the coach. I would want to see more of him before I start him in the biggest game of the of, of my of my career. Yeah, you know, it's a good point. I, I guess I overstate. Maybe I'm maybe I'm thinking too highly on LDLT. Uh, maybe Kellen Acosta. Maybe it's backwards. Maybe Luca De La Torre will play against Mexico, and then Kellen Acosta yeah, will play against Panama. Be, I think that'd be yeah. a good if you if you really just want to rest everybody in Atseca, which I think mm-hmm. that might be the smart thing to do. And you could play, you know, James Stans and and uh, Luca De La Torre and Christian Roldan in Atseca. Yeah. See how it goes. See if you can squeeze out a point. 
Yeah, maybe they can. They did it. They beat them in the Gold Cup with a B team just like that. Why can't they do it again? Four times in a row would be amazing. Honestly, I'd just be happy with a tie. I think that'd be fine. Uh, and, and if they do lose, as long as it's not a blowout, it's it's whatever. It's kind of expected. It's Mexico at home in Azteca. The pressure's on them, too. And, and we beat them three times in a row. I mean, beat them four times in a row? I don't know. I don't know if that's on the cards. Um the other thing I would like to talk about is goalkeepers. I am very happy to say that Ethan Horvath finally got himself a little run going in England. He had an opportunity at the beginning of the season to grab the number one spot, and he waffled it with a terrible kind of backpack, odd, I think. kind of an odd move, right, to begin with, like going to to be the... It was because he was going to, the, to a club that had an established starting goalkeeper who was the... Not the previous season, but two seasons ago was the championship keeper of the year. So it's like, okay, challenge yourself. I'm fine with you're going, you go to Europe to challenge to, yourself. You're going right? to the championship to be a to be a be a backup. Bench. Yeah. Backup. And then but I think he was there to challenge for a starting place. And at the beginning of the year he had that opportunity, but he failed. And then he sat on the bench and he, we thought he was stuck there in purgatory. However, Samba I think got COVID or something. Uh and, and or or a suspension. I believe someone was suspended or something. And Ethan Horvath got himself a second opportunity, and he did not waffle it. He has been, I think he's played four, if not five games straight uh, in the FA Cup and the championship, including the game against Liverpool over the weekend, where he had a great save against a one-on-one. Uh, and he has been a rock-solid performer, and he's playing again. And not only that, Nottingham Forest, let me look at the championship table. I mean, Nottingham They're Forest is bit- challenging a little bit underneath the playoff spot. Yeah, I mean they, is... they're doing they're doing really well considering how poorly they started the season. Yeah, so, and I, I think, think last year they almost got relegated quite... too, I believe, right? Yeah. Wait, relegated no. from the Premier League? No. No, from the Championship. Uh, let me look up the Championship table. What? Looking up right now. I thought I I thought they were. Um, oh, Fulham's on top. Woot woot, Fulham. Um. Let me see here. Come on, table. Let's go. It takes me forever here. All right. The Nottingham Forest is ninth place right now. So they're two they're in sixth place and up. They are two points. No, they're three points off a playoff spot. So more power on them. And yeah, they've yeah. got about seven games yeah. left. It was 46, right? They've got 10 games left because they've got three. Oh, get this. So they're three, pon- three points off a playoff spot for Blackburn Rovers, but they have three games in hand against them. How about that? England is crazy that way. How about many games in hand? Some teams. Well, only have. this year, not usually. This year they yeah. have all this COVID. They have all these yeah. COVID I I just guess what I did last night at four in the morning. Uh, can we talk about that in public? <laughs> oh, we could definitely talk about it in public. Uh, uh, uh I did that. I'm talking about everything I did at four in the morning. I just said this thing that I could talk about four in the morning. I bought. I secured a ticket to watch Arsenal versus Leeds at oh, the Emirates. Nice. So I'm going to go watch the Arsenal Leeds game. One of the hardest things that I ever did in my life was buying a ticket to an English Premier League game. Well, yeah, it's I had easy. to pay for a membership a month ago, which I did. That cost fifty bucks, uh, and that was that was the cheapest membership. And then I had to schedule in exactly when the tickets were available, which was Monday the 21st, 11 a.m. England time, which is 4 a.m. my time. Oh, so wow. I go. I go on the site. And then it sends me to a web page that says you're in queue because so many people are trying to buy tickets at that time. 
that that they queue us like they put us in a line so literally the website was counting down be like you'll be in 10 minutes you'll have access to the site in five minutes you'll have access to the site i think i've never seen before then all of a sudden it's like boom you're you're allowed in do you want in do you want to buy a ticket so i said yes click and then it sends me to kind of like the StubHub like thing where i get to look at the the map and but there's only sparse seats most seats are already bought and then every time i bought a clicked on it it said unavailable I'm like, and I tried to buy it, like unavailable. And I clicked another ticket, no, unavailable. And then you had to wait until it was out of someone else's cart and you kept having to refresh it over oh, and over and over God. again. Isn't that crazy? And then I finally found a ticket. I put it in my cart and it would not accept my credit card. It spent 10 minutes in the cart and I kept getting denied, denied, denied. And then it got canceled and then it got taken out of my cart. And I literally screamed out loud. I screamed out loud. By myself, just to just scream, and then I went on. And then I checked my Gmail, and it because it's worked. a foreign transaction, I had to give permission to my card. My credit card company stopped. Oh, it was a fraud thing. It was a fraud thing. So oh, good on him. So then I, I gave. So I said yes. I said no. I'm trying to buy a ticket to England. Please don't do it. And then I had to go back and buy another ticket. All were sold out. Everything was sold out. It took ten minutes to sell out the rest of the stadium. Uh, uh, because the way it works is like there's like 10 different tiers of membership and and then the other nine memberships already bought their tickets i'm just like the 10th tier membership grabbing some scraps and the scraps go fast and literally i just sit there and refresh i thought it was done with but i just refresh and refresh and refresh and, and then tickets start showing up again because they were out of other people's carts too you know what i mean and then i finally as i, as I saw one grabbed it clicked it it was in the basket it existed i bought it Hallelujah! Freaking got you're my going. hands done. I'm Arsenal going. against Leeds. It's going to be a good one. I know. Jesse, my old boy Jesse. I'm there to root for Jesse. I'm going to be up in the nosebleeds. It's a hundred dollars I paid. I'm up in the no. I'm in like the last row of the stadium because that's England. I uh, and um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited. It'll be my first English Premier League game. And then after that, I'm going to try to go to Mainz Frankfurt. But the way that works is you have to buy the ticket a week in advance because they only sell tickets week to week in Germany. I think. Because they're smarter in Germany and they're more accessible to fans, and and I bet and, and it won't be a freaking hundred dollars. I'll tell you that too. That, that you will, yes, it will right. not be. Yeah, the yeah, one exactly. time I went to the Emirates, my brother got the tickets. I don't know how he did it, but they were very they were very fancy tickets. I guess well, brother, well the the other option, the other option is you can buy a hospitality package, which might have been what your brother did. But the, but literally oh. the hospitality package is like eight hundred nine hundred bucks. Like it's ridiculously okay. expensive. I'm not going to pay eight hundred uh, bucks for in, a in, yeah. Includes a complimentary reach around. <laughs> hey now, hey now. That's the four yeah we weren't allowed to talk about. Come on now. Yeah, it's it's not complimentary. How how could how, how, if you pay eight hundred bucks? How could you like? I love that. I love that terminology. It's like and you get a complimentary thing thing. It's like I just paid eight hundred bucks. It's part of the. There's nothing complimentary about it. Complimentary. <laughs> <laughs> I just felt like how much about it. Yeah. <laughs> but no, so I'm going, baby. I'm going to do a full report. And our boy Jesse Marsh is going to win that game. Jack Harrison's going to score a couple of goals. Jack Harrison's been in great form for Leeds. So I'm really excited. I'm going to go. I'm going to take a pick. I'm going to see what kind of snacks they got there. I wonder if they even have snacks. Well, don't like, get, uh, don't get excited. Yeah. I mean, yeah. The, I, think, I think the MLS Stadium snack game is probably. As far as leagues in the world go, I would imagine the MLS Stadium's food game. Like, I was at LAFC last night. Every stand, there was Danny Trejo's tacos. There was, like, nacho fries. Right. There's a lot of options. I, I guarantee thing. you, in the That's Bundesliga, it's probably just a voice. 
Yeah, and then oh, in England, it's probably sure. also just a sausage or something. You in know? Germany, in Bochum, it's like beer and sausages. That's it. It's yeah. concrete. It's not, yeah, it's no frills. And I think the Emirates, yeah, I don't remember eating. I, I mean, I don't know. It's just it's <laughs> Maybe it's just beer, kind of, warm beer. We'll see, we'll see. Beer. I think that's actually why uh, um, people in, in England were so amazed by the Spurs new stadium because it has sort of more of an American vibe. It's got right. like... Uh, but everything else is is a little bit. Less well, the, the Spurs Stadium was built with NFL in mind too. I think, I think they're right, built right, to host right. an NFL game. And I, I want to say, doesn't it have that retractable field? Um, but where I'm staying in London is actually right next to the Spurs Stadium. But they're out of town that weekend, and so Arsenal is the next best thing. I, so I enjoy. North, North I mean, I'm I'm not saying you need mm. to do this. I enjoy taking tours of empty stadiums. I kind of. It's, well, it's I want to go to Craven Cottage. I wonder if they'll have a tour. I'll go. I want to go see Craven Cottage. Craven Cottage on the Thames where Fulham play. And the oh. Craven Cottage has a statue of Michael Jackson outside. I want to see that. Which the Fulham fans blame for their curse. And the the bar at Craven Cottage. Here's trivia. Another trivia, Bjorn. Some U.S. soccer trivia. Oh, I'm, your, I'm your American soccer I fan. I don't know this one either. Uh, what? what, what? And, and, and it's a little bit, I'll give you a hint because it worked. The, the, the bar at Craven Cottage is actually named after an American soccer legend who played at Fulham. Now, the hint is... Tim Ream? Ira- <laughs> what? Tim Ream has a bar named after him? That's amazing. <laughs> it's not, not Tim Ream. It's not Tim Ream. Hint, it's an Irish pub, so it sort of, it sort of worked with their aesthetic. That's a hint. Uh... I don't know. How many Americans can you name who've played at Fulham? Fulham? I named the one that I could... The one you know, Tim Ream? The bar is not called Reams. The bar is called called McBrides. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a Brian McBride who played for Fulham back in the day. Mm. It could have also been called Dempsey's because I think... Dempsey's a pretty Irish name, if I'm not mistaken. I don't don't Um, have... You know, this this is before... This is before my time following both american soccer and the premier league so i really i got nothing Tom well well says, that, that was a great i want to talk about tom in a second but that was wow. the full america days there were six americans on the team something that's oh, never wow. been something's okay. never happened since and a german which was rare because a lot of i guess germans do play in england but they the, the, on that team was also moritz Foltz, one of my favorite german journeyman players you know moritz Foltz? he played for no. zampoli i think later i want to say or Union Berlin, perhaps he was in. He was a Fulham player for a long time, and then and then Fulham at the same time had a Norwegian dude named Breda Hageland, who was born in Houston, Texas. So he was like an honorary American, even though he played for Norwegian national team. But the Americans were Dempsey McBride, Casey Keller, Eddie Johnson, and I think Carlos Becanegra were all there at the same time. Oh, wow, okay. So and they were in the Prem. It was not a championship club, so it was like a Prem club where you watch five Americans play at any given any given moment. Um, but cool. So that's just my. So that's why Fulham sort of gets a special. I mean, yeah, I special have to. I have Maybe to. I'll buy a Fulham jersey when I'm there. I uh, did not. Uh, uh, but Prem back then. Tom went to Oktoberfest in München twice. Something I have never done, but I really want to go. Tom, did you do the thing where a bunch of people have to be on a spinny wheel, and the last person on the spinny wheel gets the beer or whatever it's called? I don't know what? exactly what it is, but there's a thing where there's like a spinny wheel, kind of like the children's. Seesaw. What's that thing where children are on a spinny metal wheel? Well, they have that in Oktoberfest, but there's no handlebars. 
and you have to pile. Everyone has to pile up. You don't have to like pile on this thing, and it just spins. And the last person who who, who survives, who, who stays on the spinning wheel, wins or something. Mm. It's just a perfect drunk. I'm not familiar <laughs> with that. I've been to. I've been. Uh, my brother lives in Munich now, but nonetheless, I've only been once, and it, that was a long time ago. But I did. I yeah, I enjoyed it as well. Yeah, it's a, that's a, that's a Sir Sojourn I should take. There is something in Bavaria called the Romantic Road that I'm going to try to do one of these days. We walk down and see a bunch of cast and stuff. I think Neuschwanstein's around there, so I should yeah, do yeah, that. Yeah. Then head up to München do Oktoberfest. I think that'll be a lot of fun. That'll be a lot of fun. Uh, let's do that. Let's do a Schnitzel Boys experience. No, but Tom, what was your favorite thing you did at the Minchin Oktoberfest? Or was it just, or was it just that you were plastered drunk and then wandered around? I think was the whole point is. Well, it sort of elevates it, it elevates heavy drinking to a cultural experience. You know, it's kind of. Uh, <laughs> It's, it's, well, the German experience with alcohol is different than the German experience, the American experience with alcohol. In, in, in Germany, beer was founded by the, Fra- the Franciscans years ago, so it's like an old German tradition. And, and I, saw, I saw a documentary about this. And then, and then Germans were starving once upon a time and poor. So wheat beer, like Weissbier, like was food and drink at the same time. So it was considered like sustenance. It was considered healthy. Uh, sort of. That's, so this that's sort of, why they. That's why in Germany they say that nine beers uh, substitute a meal, and if you, <laughs> and if you drink ten, you have a beer with it. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, if I drink my ten, I got a beer with my meal. No, and so and we're here in the United States. Beer is like we tried to. There was prohibition. <laughs> there was bootlegging. The exact opposite is the American experience with beer. It was like we like it, but we pretend not to like it. There's dry counties where you can't even buy beer. Uh, at stores, you can get beer. Maybe you know what I mean. Like the and, and you can't have it in public at all. That's that's a fine. Where in Germany, you could you buy it in public. You buy it on a street corner. You can drink it. No one cares. You know. So it's just a totally different experience with beer. Um, yeah, you're and, drinking illegal drinking age is 16 in Germany too. That makes a difference. And also, I mean, probably not super well enforced. Like, if you're a 14 year old going to a bar and order a beer, they're gonna say no at you. Um, if they're if the parents are are present, no, no. Yeah, yeah. If there's a parent in Brazil, is the same thing. Uh, I think the legal age was 18, but. That's that was a suggestion, you know. Like I said, the parents were there. Like I, I saw a little, I saw a little kid drink a whole beer. I remember, once. I remember when we were when you know growing up in Germany, we would have these American exchange students that would come, right? And uh, and they would go, they would go uh, to parties and just would go nuts. They could not believe right. that there was all this beer. <laughs> so the American exchange, you know, you'd have a party, and the party would start at eight or whatever, and like at eight thirty-five, the American exchange student was was blackout drunk making out with somebody <laughs> corner and we would be like what's the rush man it's gonna the cups aren't gonna yeah. come we're not, this like, is we, not we've been drinking this is it's we, fine we, like, is we've been drinking since we're we've been drinking since we're 11 years old all right we, we get it we're pros over here okay you don't have you can just sip it you can nurse it you don't have to go crazy yeah, you don't have to go nuts no. but well in america fun. you can you can get drafted for the military and die for your country at 18 but you can't drink booze until you're 21. No, no, no. That's, right. That's how that works. Yeah, we had, we had a beer button in our soda machine. What do you mean? Like it was a large, like it was a Coke Sprite machine, and then there was a beer <laughs> tap. Is that what that is? We had a beer button in our soda machine. 
Wow, that's from Tom. That's really cool. Meeting people like, from all over the world is awesome. I love it. That's why I would love to go to a World Cup, and I'm excited that 2026 is here. I just want to meet people. From, I went to the Copa America in New York. I met a lot of Brazilians and stuff. It was cool. I just love I love that stuff. I love the world, the beautiful game, and we're all together. And before games, I love seeing when fans cheer with each other. There's a dark side. Sometimes they get a little crazy. Sometimes they go fighting. Uh, and speaking of rowdy fans, with Mexico and France and boop, boop, and and you know we've had issues with the Euros and the World Cups with with hooliganism. What is going on with rowdy fans, Bjorn? What is Oops. happening? What is the deal? My people, my people. Azotiat. <laughs> That's what Max Kuzma thinks. I yeah. know. We we've uh, yeah they um um. Yeah, I don't know. What, yeah, it's it was uh, the the. I mean, if you don't know what we're talking about, the Bochum Bochum was playing Borussia Mönchengladbach, uh, losing two zero, and in the 69th minute, the assistant referee got hit in the back of the head with a full plastic cup of beer, and uh, mm-hmm. he wanted to tough it out for a while, but then was visibly shaken up, and then the game was first interrupted and then abandoned. And uh, that had not happened. That had not happened in the Bundesliga since 2011. I didn't know. So this, this is a you know, it's a it's a dark stain on Bochum's otherwise uh, exciting and happy season. And uh, I don't know. We'll see what the consequences are. I mean, in terms of the result, they were already losing, and so that's uh, it was two nothing, I believe, in the 71st. Two nothing, and apparently, apparently, it's most that. likely to be scored that way like if they if they mm-hmm. just sort of lose it it's also two nothing so um yeah I'm yeah it's just in. it's too it's 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 just too bad like people just throwing stuff um that's definitely a thing in bochum it's, he, been, that, would, it's been that would never happen in mls do you know why because a beer costs fourteen dollars. That's why I was gonna throw fourteen dollars. <laughs> oh, people throw it. People throw it too. It's not. It's just sort of. It's not. They don't throw it on the field because people yeah, get yeah. kicked out and banned. And it's, it's, uh... but but I've been seeing that a lot this year. Also with all those flight videos, like the Alaska Airlines flight video, uh, people are mad and angry. We've just been so polarized, and there's a lot of cabin fever going on or something. There's just there's a little bit of a global phenomena happening right now of violence, and it's not cool. It's not cool. Um, Tom said we we had a Pepsi machine in our rec room and it had a beer button. And, and go go marks go in, beer comes <laughs> let's out. Go back. Let's go back to the beer button and the soda machine. After yeah, I just song. think it's a cool idea. I just think it's a cool We're idea. A little feeling somber yeah. about the ref getting hit by the but forget it. I'm lightening the mood, right? <laughs> that would be you know you can fill up the beer, but then when you have the beer, don't throw it at the ref. If you're gonna throw it at someone, throw it at another fucking fan. Don't yeah. throw anything. Don't, that's right. No throwing. Don't no throw throwing. That was what I just said was bad. Simple. Don't throw it. It's simple. No just don't throw stuff. Yeah. Keep stuff to When I was at Red Bull Arena, we could buy um, Pepsi bottles, but they always had to keep the caps because they said people throw the caps. Throw so, the, so, so they always gave it to you people, uncapped. People throw things. I guess it's like it's it's like that experiment where if you can if you push a button and somebody. Yeah feels pain pavlov's remote. dog yeah whatever what i i, I oh, no, no that, that that's not what that one is but I'm no, not I what you're saying. as well but it's sort of like there is sort of this remoteness people feel disconnected and and so it doesn't seem they don't seem like real people but if somebody then gets hit 
by a plastic cup of beer. Yeah, it now, now it's not. Now it's not. A, it's not a sporting event anymore. Now it's like a okay, we're at a riot. It's like yeah, it's, it's inappropriate. That's not your of job. You have to, yeah. Of course, you have to abandon it. I mean, they, they, that's not. He didn't sign up for that. And and the the Bochum Twitter was not pulling any punches. They're just like, we had a t- this idiot, stupid action from an idiotic fan or something like that. You know. Um, calling their well, fan I mean, out. probably there's going to be no. There's going to be some some punishment. There's they maybe they. I don't yeah. know what's going to happen if they can have to play games without fans and and whatnot. And it's not an. The thing is, it's not an isolated thing. People throw stuff, and yeah. you know, most of the time nothing happens because you miss and it just kind of. But. You should, yeah. Just don't, just don't throw things. Easy. That happened in the, that happened in one of the USA. Was the last, was it the USA Mexico game in Denver? Someone got arrested because someone threw a projectile and then they pressed charges and he was hit to spend a couple of days in prison for assault. I mean, these USA Mexico, the like last, like people. I mean, that's a whole other, that's a whole other thing. People throw all sorts whole, of things. It's a whole other yeah. pinata. It's a whole other pinata to decide. But anyway, in Bundesliga. Uh, uh, Dortmund waffled it again. I love that term, waffle. Uh, they they they're only four points behind Bayern. They're hosting Bayern soon. Now they are six points behind Bayern because Bayern Munchen were able to dismantle Union Berlin four to nothing. And Dortmund had a tough fought one one draw with Köln. No title race is done. It's probably a little closer than it's been. Bayern usually wins by twenty points. This year they'll just win by nine points or something. But there you go. However, on the other side of the table. Stuttgart had a very, very thrilling game uh, beating, uh, was it Augsburg, I want to say? Stuttgart, with again, an unused Ricardo Pepe. Literally, they played all four except for Ricardo Pepe in this game. Uh, we had Andre Hahn, I want to say, opening the goal in the beginning. Uh, but then Stuttgart, no, no, this is against, no, this is last week. They, they, yeah, they, they, they beat Gladbach. Where am I? Let me do my thing. Yeah, Stuttgart Ausboy. Uh the goal so Andre Hahn and Grigoric scored around halftime. Uh and in the 79th and 85th minute, Stuttgart got two goals and they tr- flipped it from a 2-1 loss to a 3-2 win at home and Stuttgart got themselves two wins in a row, I believe. No, no, it was they had a win, a tie and a win. They win a tie and a win in the last three games. So they got themselves a little bit of a momentum going. And they are 14th place right now. They got themselves yep. out of the hole into 14th spot. Good on you, Pellegrino. We're rooting for yeah. you. And Pellegrino and Stuttgart to... is like the leads of the Germany. He's trying to sort of do the same thing. I'm trying to rescue him out of the zone. And they're doing it by last-minute wins. So I love seeing If he wins again so. next week, we will sing again. We will feel... We will feel okay. I'll have my setup ready to go, and we'll have our opera back. Uh, Hertha Berlin started the Felix Magat era with a 3-0 win. What a bounce. What a bounce back yeah. from them. And Magat wasn't there. I think his assistant coach was, was running the game. Magat still It's just Zora. Yet. But it was, a, was already working. So good on for Hertha Berlin. Maybe they'll go a little run themselves. Ooh, Magat. Magat. Um, who Magat hasn't magic. coached in six years. The Magat Magic. Who was pulled himself out of retirement Magi. too? Magat Magi, uh, and then Armenia Bielefeld fought, of course, and George Bello at Armenia Bielefeld. I think George Bello had a full ninety over the weekend, so I'm glad he's getting some good minutes with Armenia Bielefeld. Um, that seemed to be a relatively smooth transfer for him. 
But overall, the top half of the German table is less exciting. But the bottom of the German table, we're rooting for Stuttgart. We're looking at you. And more on you, Pellegrino. Keep that team up. Keep it up. Uh, Thomas Hitzelsberger was really cheering in the crowd. Hitzelsberger, who was once upon a time a Fox Sports analyst, I believe a fashion student here somewhere, I think, in L.A., who's now the sport director, club president. He was a club president of Stuttgart. Although I believe he's on his way out, right? Am I wrong? Is this is the last season? I don't know. Uh, I don't know the exact Stuttgart politics, no. but but uh, he's part of the executive board over there. And more power to you, Stuttgart. I'm rooting for you. I'm rooting for you. Yeah, excellent. excellent. Um, yeah, the relegation battle is still, is still tight. I don't know. Bochum hasn't won in a while, but still six points. We'll see. We'll see yeah, what happens. But next hopefully, week. Bochum it's- will not have more abandoned games moving forward. They're at the 11th spot. Bochum's having a pretty good season back in the Bundesliga. I, th- I think they're looking like it's going to be relatively safe for them. I mean, they're only six points need, off the relative. So we need if, two if more wins. Losses, need, they need, we need yeah. two more wins. That's it. We need, to, we need oh. to get to 11 wins, and then it's fine. And uh, hopefully that'll be fine. There's a lot of COVID going around. Thomas Ice had COVID. Amabella oh, Kotschup has COVID. Everybody now has has COVID. When, when, yeah, we'll see. It'll be all right. I hope. We'll, they're, we'll at, they're, at, they're at Hoffenheim. They're at Hoffenheim. Then yeah, they host Leverkusen. Uh, and then they're they they're at Freiburg, and then they host Augsburg, uh, and so the April twenty third they host Augsburg. That'll be a big game. Then after that they're at Dortmund. You know I don't know much about that. Uh, and then uh, they host Armenia Bielefeld on May seventh. That'll be another big game. And then they're at Berlin. So there's really only two games out of the remaining games that they should get three points from yeah, they, the rest they, are going to be relatively if unknown they, yeah. if they beat both of those if they win both of those it's all good but they may not we'll see. Yeah. and this time I, next week I, the I, united states what were you going to say bjorn before we i was just going to say i was appreciating major league soccer this, this weekend a little bit because it's really you know you genuinely don't know right like and there are, and there are teams in MLS, where there's some, I was thinking about this watching FC Dallas. FC Dallas hasn't been good the last couple of years. They sold Pepe no. for a lot of money. No. They seem to have invested it wisely, and now there's some some real spark to this team. And so right. they look like they enjoy playing together. They have a fluidity, and so in MLS, a team like that can go far, right? Like a little bit right. of a spark, a little bit of magic, and and kind of playing well together as a team can carry big rewards in MLS in ways that it doesn't in other in other leagues where the talent gap is just so so wide that right. uh, you know right. a little bit of it takes more than just sort of like a little bit of spark to beat uh, and so that's just kind of you know you're looking at this this Bayern team this year did not seem overwhelming they had a lot of problems they had injuries they had covid they had all these things they were yeah. vulnerable but then yeah Nobody mounted a charge, and so it's just kind not, of we're just kind not of vulnerable enough. Yeah, MLS like one player can change it. Like, um, uh, there's been a few. I remember Jermaine Jones coming in the league. I was very surprised by his impact by both New England and Colorado. Those teams were two of the worst teams in the league, and then when he joined them, they they had great season. They became, I think they were, I want to say Colorado won the Supporter Shield. I think or close to it. The New England also close to it. 
Um, you know, and there have been players like that where they sign one player and then all of a sudden they're just a they're just a much better team all of a sudden. Yeah. Uh, but the one thing about MLS, the drawback is like I was with friends watching LFC last night. They won three one. It's like yeah, they're playing well, good. But it doesn't really matter right now. It only matters how good you're playing in the fall. <laughs> so like these games, it's good to rack up points. But but like if you're if you, if you had to pick between starting off strong and then fading off versus starting off weak and then picking up speed towards the end of the season, it's that second option ten times out of ten. Because well, that's where first that's options, why that's why NYCFC yeah. is gonna crush it. <laughs> yeah, because the steam is coming. The steam is coming. There's just, they're just the snowball is rolling. It's, it's coming. It's coming. It's coming. Uh, and all the last thing I'm going to say, unless you have any final thoughts, is that by this time next week, the United States will be nine points higher up on the table, uh, or two points. I don't know how many games. Wait, I think maybe there'll be six points. Uh, they're gonna. They're wait. When are these games? I was just wondering the same. Well, there's the 24. Mexico's Thursday. And then Panama's on the weekend. So, okay, so so there'll be six points. The United States will be six points higher on the table. And we the United States will be qualified for the twenty twenty two World Cup at the land of freedom and equality, Qatar, where they are going to dominate and they're going to play Germany in the final. Germany will win, but the United States will have a good run to the final with a silver medal and all will be well. That's what you're saying. Uh, is Germany That's playing? Is there a national break in Europe too? Uh, yes, but I don't think there's any. Um, I don't think there's anything real. I think they're they're probably yeah, doing friendlies. the. Well, there's doing. Isn't there the playoffs? Germany's playing Israel and is playing. The oh, Netherlands. the Netherlands. So both friendlies. Both friendlies. I think, so aren't we'll the see. aren't the playoffs this weekend? The, the, uh, the, the Euro, the world, the European playoffs, perhaps, because yeah, that's yeah. the big question. Who will make it, Portugal or Italy, right? Are, are, isn't it one or the other? Aren't they both yeah, in a group where they have to eliminate each other? What's going on there, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah so let's talk fault. about it. I don't know. You, you're saying next by Monday we're going to be celebrating? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, because it's the win on be, Sunday will, I think. It's going to be one or the other. It's going to be either everything's great or we're going into a final well, everything's game. Everything's bad. With any kind of angst, yeah, we'll see. Ich hab angst. I have angst. There is angst going into this final round of games. Let's do it. Let's do it, USA. Let's do it, boys. All right, thank you very much. Thanks for the Schutze boys. Thank you to Tom for joining us tonight. We are here live every Monday night. There's a party. Come join us in the chat. And also, we're available in podcast form. Please tell your friends, like and subscribe, rate and review, and get the word out. Join the party that is the Schnitzel Boys. Bis nächste Woche. Tschüss.